In the run-up to the March 12th special election to fill the seat in the 3rd District of Orange County's Board of Supervisors, vacated by Todd Spitzer being elected Orange County's District Attorney, we shall be hearing from as many of the seven candidates who filed as possible. The first one we have a sit-down with is Loretta Sanchez, formerly a congresswoman representing the 46th and remapped the 47th district in Orange County. Ms. Sanchez completed her undergraduate degree in economics at Chapman University, where she now serves on the board of trustees, and she earned her MBA from American University and her IFAP in Rome. She was Harvard University 2018 Advanced Leadership Fellow and developed housing and a second chance young adult vocational program for Orange County. Her first professional position after her receiving her MBA was Project Finance and Analysis for Orange County Transportation Authority. Then she worked in the financial markets at for Booz Allen and Hamilton as a strategist. Over her 20 years in the U.S. Congress, she served on the Armed Services Committee and the Homeland Security Committee, along with the attendant subcommittees. Following her retirement in 2017, she's been involved in finance, building a permanent apartment complex for homeless women in Orange County, mentoring young candidates for public office, and consulting on business development and trade issues. Her last appearance on this show was at the time when Gabriella Giffords was surviving her shooting. They were both the Blue Dog Democrats at, in caucuses in the Congress at that time. Loretta Sanchez joins me in studio. Welcome back to Ask a Leader. Thank you so much, Claudia. It's a pleasure always to be here on the UCI campus. Well, thank you. So Irvine, the city of, has dominated the third county board of supervisor district, and there's many things associated with that. Some say that the third district has been beholden to Irvine for the last many years. How do you see, you are a resident of the city of Orange, where you were able to serve as the congresswoman from that and then still remain in the third district. How do you see what your leadership role would be in managing all the municipalities and the unincorporated areas of the third district? Well, remember that uh, I'm a candidate who has represented many cities at once. And many of the times, uh, the council people from those cities actually call me, sometimes even amongst themselves on the city council and sometimes with respect to other cities. And they've always said, Loretta, you're the one that can get us in a room and can help us hash out what it is that we need to get done. So when they've had even conflicts, they've called and said, um, can you help? And, and I see that as one of the basic roles of this supervisor's district. For example, um, Irvine has sued the county over and over on different issues. So there's a lot of money that gets spent in litigation between the county and the city of Irvine. Wouldn't it be nice if we had someone who wasn't so fast to jump to sue and said, come on, guys, let's sit down and let's figure out what it is we really need to do? Because I always believe that if you listen to the other person or the other group, that you can come to a win-win solution without having to go into court. Do you have any ballpark estimate of how many resources, how much money has gone into litigation between the city of Irvine and the Orange County? It's in the millions. It's in the millions. I haven't counted it. But the answer is there's so very 
there's so very few dollars, in particular with respect to the County of Orange. So the County of Orange has about a $6 billion budget, but most of that money comes as pass-throughs from other um, governments and propositions, etc., federal government, state government. And so the real budget that the supervisors really have control over is about $820 million a year. Well, if you're spending... So, so that's that's important to note because that's what really gets us to do the projects we need to do to make Orange County come into the new uh, future um, as a county. And if we're spending it on lawsuits, then not only are we wasting time, but we're wasting the money. And in the same way, Irvine if they didn't have to litigate all the time, if they weren't so fast to litigate, then they could use that hard-earned taxpayers' dollars to actually work on uh, making sure that we have the library, for example, that we the new county library that uh, we we have said we want to put in in Irvine. These types of issues, which are so very important to our families in that city and in the district. So a supervisor can't just say, oh, I'm from Irvine, and so Irvine people vote for me, and um, and, and that way I'll become the supervisor, and I'm just going to look at the interests of this city. No, 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 no. The supervisor represents your Belinda, Villa Park, a large part of Anaheim, um, most of Orange, um, all of the unincorporated areas, the canyon areas, etc., our wilderness areas, if you will, Tustin, and most of Irvine. So they cannot be partial to one city. They have to look at each of the issues that comes up and say, and, and really be the Sol- Solomon, if you will, the, the one that really says, how do we get to a win-win? So the emergency housing and the affordable housing, well, let's just leave it to the emergency housing aspect, which was a big red meat item that the predecessor for the holding the Board of Supervisors seat in third district. Briefly, what were you involved with, as you were saying, you're, you've been in touch with a lot of the municipalities as a former congressperson, or as a congressperson, but in more extensive detail, what do you want to lead with in providing the fair share of the third district's afford, of emergency housing? So, because that's only that o- well, there, is only going to open up. There are two issues there that you're really talking about. One is the issue of the housing crisis that we have throughout California, and um, one of the reasons that we have had homeless on the streets is because of the housing um, recession that we had, and people have not been able to get back from that. And now the housing crisis, more people needing a place to live that might exist, meaning that the prices of rents are so high or the cost of a home is so high. So the first is housing is a part of the homeless picture. But the second piece to that is the mental illness issue. Okay, so One of the problems that we have, for example, we passed, and that was the only vote cast out of Orange County for the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. And that said that if you, we want everybody to have a health care policy. We want you to have a health care policy so you can go and see the doctor before you get sick 
so that we know or that we can figure out if you are sick and we can do preventive care or care up front rather than at the end when you come to the highest cost place, which is the emergency hospital. So what we did was the federal government and the state government, 3% from the state, 97% from the federal government, send the monies for every single insurance policy for our poor and our indigent and our working poor, those people who don't have a health care policy. That's a big flood of money into Orange County. And so Patrick Kennedy, who was a Congress member at the time I was there, he wanted to pass a bill called the Mental Health Parity Bill. And I helped him to pass it. And what that said is, if you have a health care plan, physical health care plan, it must also include, on parity, a mental health care to that. Right, so that was that's a big a deal. Re- that's a requirement. That's, that is the federal law. Here's the problem. Mental health services are dictated through the county supervisors. The county actually takes a big piece of the mental health picture. And they didn't implement accessibility. So what would you do that. with that? Because we're, we're aware of that pot of money that wasn't moving Absolutely. anywhere. So you're we need in to the, have, the board yes. serving. So what do you do with that so, day one? So the first thing you do is to ensure that Caloptima, which is the health care plan for the poor, indigent, and the working class poor, the ones who don't have health care plans, but they have subsidized through Obamacare now into that program, that we actually set up mental health programs and that we actually uh, put in a, in into play in conjunction with our universities and our community colleges and our clinics for example to put in mental health programs to make more mental health professionals we're also uh, I'm also cognizant that we don't have enough of that and we put those mental health services in place we certainly have the money to do it the third piece of that whole homelessness issue Again, housing shortage, mental health parity. The third piece is not enough addiction beds. So when you're out on the street, homeless, it ends up that you're probably going to become addicted also. And we need to have these services available. You cannot just build a place and put a homeless person in it. You have to have what we call these wraparound services, help with addiction, help with mental health issues. If if you lived long enough on the street night by night, you would end up having some mental health crisis. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. So let me tell you, for example, you know, I'm retired. I'm retired from the Congress. What have I been doing with my time? One of the things I've been doing for free. No one's paying me to do it. But I saw the homeless situation on that Santa Ana Riverbed because I live near it. And I said, we have to do something. Now, did pe- you visit that with the judge? Now, now people would say to me, oh, I, I know Judge Carter a did long you, but way. But did you visit it? Uh, I've, I've been down okay. there. I've been down there to them. But it's not about visiting. Okay? It's not about visiting, but what do we do? So people would stop me and they'd say, Congresswoman, what can we do about this? Because people are genuine, genuinely concerned. And I would say, look, I don't have a solution for the whole thing, but I'm going to tell you what I've been doing. I am raising the funds. I'm a co-chair, to, and we're raising the funds to build a permanent apartment building with 30 micro units to house unaccompanied homeless women. We've been raising the money. We're going to uh, break ground in September. 
the unaccompanied homeless woman, the woman by herself out on the street, is the most vulnerable person on the street. Okay? And I'm going to tell you something. These women, about 30% of them, are over 65. Oh, really? Okay, that's uh, another detail. Think about that. Put that in my tabulation. Think wow. about that. Women who have outlived their savings, women whose husbands died early and didn't leave enough for them, they were homemakers maybe, they didn't have the skill set, they get back into the working world, they're making minimum wage, you can't afford an apartment on minimum wage. You know, women whose children, for whatever reason, don't want to have to deal with mom. I've also seen that. So... That's a large part. But we also have students. We have students here at UC Irvine who live in their car. That is called homelessness. Okay, so we've had, I'm working with Wise Place. And the only reason we're not building yet is because when Judge Carter said to the county, you have to move these people into motels or another situation, Wise Place, this place where we're raising the money for, actually took in 90 women off the riverbed. And they are in the building that we are going to turn into apartments. Um, so that is with a contract with the county through September. So, you know, others can talk about homelessness, but I've actually been doing something about it and doing it for free. Okay. So for those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Loretta Sanchez, former congresswoman representing Orange County 46th, mainly the 47th district, now seeking election to the recently vacated 3rd district of the Orange County Board of Supervisors. March 12 is the election date. Stay tuned on KUCI for all the Orange County Registrar of Voters information on deadlines, including early voting, which is going to be and there's pop-ups too. We'll talk about that at other platforms. Well, there's a, a housing share. I, we're not going to be able to get a chance to go to that because I've got so many other things. It's going to turn this interview into a lightning round. So I wanted to know what are you going to do in the absence of national federal leadership? Well, it's beginning to change a little bit, but on national leadership, uh, where local governments are taking up the charge for climate change, climate damage, what are you interested in doing in the Orange County government level with respect to some of the climate action and the community energy picture, like what San Diego is moving on, and they're moving on it on all unincorporated and incorporated fronts. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you for asking that question. Well, you know, I'm the only candidate in the race that has been endorsed by the Sierra Club and by the California League of Conservation Voters. So they know my record in the Congress of having worked on climate change and these issues. Uh, some of the things we've done, for example, with respect to climate change, probably nobody here knows it, but at UC Irvine, we actually have the water model for the world of how the rising sea levels will take and affect and obliterate certain countries, for example. So we have a very strong um, UC Irvine presence in the climate change world. And I brought back those funds to build that institute here, as we did for a lot of other institutes here at UC Irvine. Uh, the Beckman Institute has the federal funds to it, the Mind Institute here. But what are you going to yeah. do uh, serving on the Board of Supervisors sure. with the, the community choice energy and the climate action that sure. they're being adopted? Uh, Irvine's been hearing it, and they're sort of in the interim with some of the uh, the, the 
testing. So Sure. Well, you know, we, we have a lot of energy resources that we can change. And we are moving our housing stock over into solar, for example. We're working in Orange County with... Um, uh, Imperial County and Riverside County with respect to wind energy. We had a big problem. We shut down our nuclear power station here in um, in in the southern portion of our county. And aside from, you know, working on the damage from that, it's a good thing that it's shut down. But we're going to have to take up more energy because that has come offline. So uh, a big push, we can do a big push from the county with respect to solar and to wind it and, and actually for individual homes. I, I think there's a big wave coming on that. Well, there's also another opportunity to deal with some of the footprints, the energy footprints with the land use decisions that the, the county can make in unincorporated areas. And there's at the transportation center, there are unincorporated areas that are apparently there's a, du- a direction away from transportation-related, denser sorts of uses around the transportation center? Well, you know, the the county, all of the county supervisors work with the Orange County Transportation Authority. And remember that I started my career here in Orange County out um, out of MBA school in transportation planning. So I have a really good idea. You know, one of the things that we need, one of the unfortunate things, you know, as much as I know a lot of students, for example, in UC Irvine, love Uber and Lyft, the fact of the matter is that we've actually created more cars on it's more the congestion. road. Yep. There's more congestion from that. And so we have to really look at what does a good mass transit system look like for Orange County? I know that in the 20 years I was in the Congress, I funded a metro system for Orange County twice. And once it was knocked down at the local level by the city of Santa Ana and Anaheim, and the second time it was knocked down by Chris Cox of Irvine, who was a Congress member. Otherwise, we would have had a whole metro system done in Orange County by now. So now we have to look at other methods of how we're going to move these people between work and home, especially for for people who don't make enough money. And that's one of the issues that I want to work on. Either institute a, a fast bus system where you only wait for five minutes between buses, for example, instead of the hour you currently have. Uh, that would be very important to entice someone like me or even a worker to really take the bus system in Orange County. Does that include some of, was, was it called the uh, the rubber, the rubber bumper? The, there was like the intermediate kind of transit between buses and like to get you to that last mile which is always the hardest yeah the last mile is always the hardest you know but it would be nice for if people could I mean not in these torrential rains we've had in the last two weeks but it would be nice if people could actually get in a quarter of a mile or or, or a half a mile walk to a bus station to tell you the truth it'd be better for us physically right but what we know is that people don't necessarily relate to that. And so you really have to figure out a way in which to get them in the last mile. And that might be, uh, you know, modern cities, large cities in the world have used jitney type services, for example. Um, That's sort of the concept behind the streetcar in Santa Ana. And also Anaheim has a a connector that it is working on. Certainly Anaheim has a connector now that just goes around all the Disneyland hotels and moves all the workers. And that's pretty important because that means they park out of the area and they just go around on a trolley, which allows them to um, 
to free up the congestion around Disneyland. I guess to really focus on that aspect of transportation, because it's got huge uh, footprints in, in all respects here. And there's such a barrier to having people, constituents, rethink how they're getting around. But I believe that that jitney was a an in the city of Irvine, where the radio station is located and not, not necessarily the center of the universe for the 3rd District. But the, I thought that the... City Council in Irvine had contemplated a jitney plan, but when you don't have local leadership on the municipal level, then those things come to a grinding halt. So what would you, in that dynamic, as a board of supervisor in the 3rd District, get people on board to think more imaginatively, more progressively about trimming this carbon footprint of transportation use? Yeah, you know, it's really sad to watch, you know, the, the entitlement of how you build what you build how you move people especially etc that that zoning and entitlement sits in the very local city councils and so you really need to have forward-looking people you need to have people who want to work with others um, and that's why I, i'm saying that um, the 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 uh, current city council, some of the members are very litigious. They just want a lawsuit. They don't want to have to do what other people, what is good for the common good, for example. So some of those are are more difficult people to work with. But remember, remember that I am a Democrat who served for 20 years in the Congress and 16 years of those was controlled by the Republicans. And I got all the stuff for Orange County when our own Republicans didn't. And the reason was that I know how to work with people. I know where the money is. I know how to bring back the money. And one of the solutions to some of the issues that we have here is that you have to have someone in the Board of Supervisors who can go to Sacramento politicians and can go to the federal politicians and say, we need to work together and we need more money to get this particular piece done. And the others who are running in this election just don't know how to do that. So there's another kind of a matter of efficiencies So the efficiency in government, do you think, what would you focus on in your four or possibly your eight-year term as, uh, for example, Sean Nelson in his previous capacity on the Board of Supervisors was trying to get efficiency of those unincorporated pockets that were being served by the, the public security of the unincorporated the the sheriff's office. So how are you looking at opportunities for efficiencies of delivering public services? security included well you know certainly we have a we have a really good uh, uh, deputy sheriff's department we have a good law enforcement department um, and they are I have to tell you they are some of the uh, most um, efficient arenas uh, when you look up and down the state of California for a deputy sheriff so uh, in, in some ways Orange County can be proud of that one of the problems that we have had, quite frankly, with respect to our law enforcement out there and how you police, et cetera, is, uh, are several issues. The first is a distrust, a distrust by the public on our law enforcement. Why? In particular for Orange County, it's because of all this snitches stuff going on in the jails and everything. Nobody knows what really happened. We really have to dig into that and and get that put aside so that we can begin to rebuild the trust between the public and our law enforcement. The second issue that we haven't done in a long time, and we did it and we saw really low crime rates in the late 1990s, 
when President Clinton um, put into effect the COPS program. And he said, we're going to do community policing. That is that the officer will be assigned a community and he'll do almost like a walk around. You know, he will be known by the people in the neighborhood. They will come and talk to him. He will have real open exposure to what's going on in neighborhoods. That really, and we've, we've gone away from that. We've gone from community oriented policing in our communities. So I'm, I'm concerned about the efficiencies though of uh-huh. these s- small unincorporated pockets that are throughout the county where the, there's a fiscal drain in serving those pockets and where maybe you could talk to where there this community policing that there is more collaboration or there, there's some consolidation that goes on in the policing because that's a very expensive it's a labor-intensive budget line item there's a lot of there can be a lot there could be memorandums of understanding just like we have what most people don't know in Orange County is we have what we call the uh, mutually beneficial agreement, MOU, between our law enforcement and between all of our homeland, what I would call our first responder situations. What does that mean? That means that if something is taking place, let's say, in uh, Irvine, and there are not enough resources um, to take care of the problem in Irvine, Uh, They get sent dispatched from the the Santa Ana Police Department or the Anaheim Police Department, come over and help with the situation. In the same way you see, for example, when we have a fire going on and there's not enough firefighters just from the county to go and take care of it. Then you pull from Anaheim. You have this mutual beneficial MOU going on. We can do that for all policing, um, not just when there's some really big issue going on. Okay. We'll leave that there, and I'd like to find out another incendiary topic in politics locally is the Veterans Cemetery. <laughs> the Veterans Cemetery. So there, there's some piecemeal, and there's some comprehensive approaches. There's already funded Plan A. There's not funded Plan B. There's so, there's so many moving targets. You're, you land your helicopter in the middle of this, Mela, but you've been watching it for years, I can imagine. I've been helping with it for how years. Do you, how are you going to resolve this? So here's the situation. First of all, please know that we have not been able to secure the funds and the, and the notation required from the federal level for a real federal uh, cemetery. What does that mean? We're in line. It could happen. Uh, I left before I was able to finish that, although I was working on it. Uh, quite frankly, Mimi Walters took up the, the mantle on that. She was not able to get it done. Um, but what does this mean? It means right now for a federal cemetery, we're really down on the list. I mean, it will be at least 90 years, most likely, before the feds put any money into doing a cemetery. I mean, I, I'm telling you. Of the, any location. Uh, at any location. I'm telling the practicality. 90 years. That's, okay, that's a first. <laughs> okay. I, I, it's a long way out as far as I can see it. Okay. It's, they'll tell you maybe it'll be 30 years. But, you know, the reality is the funds don't come so fast to this from the federal government. Now, Sharon Quirk Silva, an assemblywoman from the Fullerton area, was able to secure through a deal with Governor Brown, I think, almost $30 million. So state money that's of in state play money, okay? for the Plan A. But unfortunately, because we have had this dithering going on and this fight about where we're going to put this thing, we are at risk of losing those funds. I mean, Sharon's been 
very on top of this issue, trying to hold on to the funds. But if you're going to be fighting, then the Sacramento is going to move on and they're going to move those funds someplace else. So this becomes a very precarious situation. So, so what do I, you do in this? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, when I was the congresswoman, the veterans would meet in my office every week. And it came down to this because I would hear them all the time. They would be discussing it. They don't care if it's in the strawberry field. They don't care if it's in the legacy area. They actually, now that Todd Spitzer left um, entitled a piece out there in Gibson Canyon in Anaheim, they don't care if it's there. They just want one in Orange County, right? They want it, and they want it funded. They want it funded because they want it as soon as possible, right? So the veterans, I think, except for a few who are talking, you know, out there, for whatever reason, most of the veterans just keep saying, Loretta, let's get it done and let's get it done in Orange County. Now, Todd Spitzer, before he left, his parting gift, if you will, was to set aside some lands out there in Gypsum Canyon in Anaheim off of the freeway. The veterans have no problem with that. So it comes down to this. Irvine is sort of almost a 50-50 split among its constituency about whether to have it at Legacy or about whether to put it at this. You know, everybody's angry about their... Should it be in, does it need to be in Irvine? Maybe it can be in Anaheim. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, there's more involved in that with just sort of the beneficiaries of whether, of which site would be used for eventual other land use adjustments. So that well, it's, it's that's the huge, flip that's, side. That, that's where, yeah. But let's say, but I'm looking at it from the veteran standpoint, right? From the veteran standpoint, if we can get it funded and we can use the money from the the state level, they have already said to me, Loretta, Anaheim would be fine for us. The flip side is the development side of what happens to these other sites, right? And, yeah, and In we don't know how much the development side is, is flipping the veterans, too. I mean, I, I don't think that's an, I think that's a, a very fraught kind of background story. And I'm, it's a very interesting, so, I know the background stories of that. We don't have time to go into that here. In due time. Have, it is a very interesting, it's a very interesting fight going on by developers. So speaking of, that's our segue to what, our last question as we draw down the interview here is, what PACs are supporting your campaign for the Orange County Board of Supervisors 3rd District's back Okay, election? what PACs? So the Orange County Employees Association want to see somebody who cares about people. Uh, I, ha I carry the Orange County Labor Federation endorsement. So your electricians and your plumbers, uh, your hotel workers, your janitors are supporting me because they know I care about working people, especially on these issues of mental health and the health care for the low and um, underpaid people of our county. Um, Is Five Point Communities contributing? No. no. Five Point they are is not, not giving to me. Or no. Star. Neither is Irvine Company. Okay. The developers aren't they giving are not. to me. No. No, I, I'm not. And they know that. I'm I'm going to do what I think is right for the people of the county. I am not going to um, get paid by somebody to do their bidding. I've never done that. I've not done that in the Congress in 20 years. And I've because of that, I have made some people who don't like me because I will not play that game. If it's right for our communities, then that's where I'll be. So no, the developers aren't, are, I'm not in the pockets of the developers in this race. I said that was the last question, but I have to get one more sort of uh, collaborative opportunity question, and that'll be the last one is, how do you see yourself working with the 
Lisa Bartlett and with her district, that, which I makes think the will rest, work very well together. So that would amass the two largest land areas of the Orange County. You know, Lisa said to me recently, she said, every time I went back to your office in Washington, D.C., Loretta, I remember you were all about the policy. She said, you never spoke politics. You never said, oh, you're a Republican. I won't meet with you. She said to me, you know what? You always were. You always had your facts in line. You were always open to listen. And so I believe that she and I can work together, for example. I know that Doug Chafee and I can work together because he's endorsed. So I, I think I bring a, a broader coalition of people than most people realize. Uh, the environmentalists, the working class, um, some of the people who do have um, possibly work before the county. Uh, I, I'm not really sure because I don't sit around and saying, oh, I got to call the developers now. I got to call this guy who's building this with county funds. I, I get funded, quite frankly, from people who just through the years have been friends, who know my integrity, and many of them who don't, they don't have a contract at the county level. So maybe we can see the two of you advancing the community choice energy and climate action. I the two of you could jump on that I, if, I if think you've been working could, together. I think that we could work together on many fronts. Well, former Congresswoman Loretta Sanchez, it's been a real pleasure talking this local government as granular as we could get in this short of a Isn't time. Isn't it fun? Thank you. My guest was Loretta Sanchez, former congresswoman representing the Orange County 46, mainly the 47th district, now seeking election to the recently vacated 3rd district of the Orange County Board of Supervisors. March 12 is the date. Stay tuned for more details on KUSA. Thanks Please again. Please vote. Please vote.